Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 218, entitled E is for e-commerce. It was published on Thursday, the 25th of February, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and a few bits and pieces just before we begin. If you like WordPress content, we produce a fair amount each and every week. We do a podcast episode, that's what you're listening to now, on a Thursday. We also do a This Week in WordPress live version of the WordPress news, that's on a Monday. And then we put that out every Tuesday as a video and audio podcast with associated show notes. If you want to keep in touch with all the things that we're doing, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. That's a page with some forms. There's some lists on there which you can subscribe to and we'll be able to keep in touch. There's also links to podcast players so that you can get your RSS feed sucked into your podcast player and listen to it on autopilot. Plus, there's our very friendly Facebook group of over 2,800 very, very polite and friendly WordPressers. So if you fancy a bit of that, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Another page to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week it's there all year, 365 days of the year. Those deals never go away, and so there's a significant amount off some notable WordPress products and services. So if you're in the market for something this week, check wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And last, but my no means least, I always mention the advertising page, because if you have a product or service that you would like to put in front of a WordPress-specific audience, WP Builds may very well be a good fit. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise to find out more. A bit like AB Split Test did. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, let's get stuck into the main podcast, shall we? Episode 218, E is for e-commerce. Each and every week at the moment, David and I are going through a series, and that series takes us through one letter of the alphabet in order. So we've now made it to E, and E is for e-commerce. Now, this is a subject that I'm not that familiar with because I decided many years ago after doing some e-commerce websites that all of the pressure and stress was a bit much for me, but it's not the case for David. David's put many WooCommerce websites together. In fact, he sort of claims that without WooCommerce, his journey in WordPress would have been cut very much shorter. So what are the options in WordPress for doing e-commerce? It's not all about WooCommerce. There's loads of different options, absolutely tons of different plugins that you can try. So we go through a whole list of those things that we've heard of, things that we've tried, things that work well with those plugins. So for example, themes and things like that. And it's a lovely episode. I can Commend it to you, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, it's another of our chats in our series called the A to Z of WordPress, where we attempt to cover all the major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. And today is the letter E for E by gum. It's e-commerce. <laughs> I did that for you, Nathan. Thank you. Yes, being the Yorkshireman that I am, that uh, that that's deeply offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I looked that up the other day and uh, e-buy gum. I didn't I didn't actually know what it was, but it's really a polite way of saying, oh, my God, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it's just an exclamation of sort of like, oh, gosh. But nobody says yeah. it. I, I literally have never heard anybody in Yorkshire say it. It would be just be so like typical. <laughs> you know, you'd have to have a, a cloth cap on and be stood next to a whippet. Uh, all of this will be lost on our international listeners who haven't the faintest idea of what we're on about, but uh, it's called stereotyping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, didn't mean to take us there. Let's yeah. talk about e-commerce then. Okay. So it takes different forms, doesn't it, in WordPress? So we'll probably end up talking a lot about the kind of main players, things that create shops like um, WooCommerce, of course, and we've got easy digital downloads. But there are a number of other things which uh, we use regularly to 
um, allow people to purchase from our sites like Stripe and PayPal integrations that you find with Forms. And then we've got other kind of industry-specific plugins such as learning management systems, LMSs, memberships, even appointments, which we talked about actually mm-hmm. in our A, didn't we, when we were looking at appointments then. Yeah. Um, so we've got probably quite a bit to cover. Where do we want to start? Should we start with the personal stories about what we what we make of e-commerce and how we've deployed it, used it, or in my case, tried to stay away from it? <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I, I was saying this to you earlier, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now, which is making client sites if it wasn't for... Uh, WordPress e-commerce and this is actually before WooCommerce came along I set up a site which we've run for five years which we converted to WooCommerce and I think without that experience I I wouldn't know enough about WordPress to be doing what I'm doing now so it's played a key part but like you it's it's something where I have a strange relationship with it where I often say if it's e-commerce maybe WordPress isn't the right place for you does that mean to say that when you first came across WordPress, it was because of an e-commerce website that you were setting up? So, um, for example, it might have been WooCommerce or what have you, and that was what led you down the path of exploring what WordPress was made up of and how it was built and ultimately made it your career? Yeah, well, it's it's just one of those strange things. So uh, I, I guess, you know, I started using WordPress just because I was interested in making websites anyway, and then I found, oh, this is this could work when it was still a blogging platform really as a content management system to create this intranet that did. So I learned a bit then and then suddenly we had this idea that we'd have a little side income through a shop. And because I started with WordPress, I thought, you know, because I wasn't going to spend any money (laughs) um, (laughs) on this experiment. So I I started doing that and it kind of worked and got me where I needed to. But I guess, you know, if I'd had bigger ambitions for this thing, Maybe I wouldn't have started with with WordPress. So, mm. you know, I'm kind of, yeah, I don't know really what kind of set me off. But it's just like, oh, well, this this seemed to be the new thing getting into e-commerce yeah. when we did it. I wonder yeah. if that's a fairly typical story, actually. I wonder how many people have strayed into WordPress just because they've got a need for a shop, especially now. You know, we're recording this yeah. in the middle of a global pandemic where a lot of businesses have gone online and, you would have thought that a significant proportion of those will have chosen some form of Woo, WooCommerce or, well, certainly a WordPress way of doing it just because it can host everything under one website, you know, your e-commerce plus your media blogging initiative and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I bet that's quite typical. It definitely wasn't the case for me in that I I was using Drupal and magento and at the time and i'm sure that this is now no longer the case maybe it is i don't know at the time i was using something called ubercart which came which is a a drupal module which then became drupal commerce and actually it was really good i'm sure in many ways it was a a worthy competitor of woocommerce on the drupal Mm. platform you know it came with its problems and you had to configure it quite a lot to make it work but it it worked with PayPal and it worked with Stripe and it did all the things that it needed to do. But yeah. the third party infrastructure, the third party options were far, far smaller because Drupal itself is smaller. And then there was the Magento side of things. And if you've not used Magento, it's a fabulous tool for creating a, a an online e-commerce presence. But it also is, well, at least it was, and I have no conception whether this still stands, it was a nightmare to make it look nice and to configure that is to say that if you wanted it to in any way stray from its default form you had to spend a lot of time learning how a a magento page was built and all these different template files i mean so many Mm. template files and you know you'd move something and the whole thing would break and you'd have to figure it all out and there was poor documentation and and i actually got got a bit ticked off with e-commerce at that point not only was it just ridiculously hard to do in in, not hard that's the wrong word it was just massively time consuming but it also Mm. coincided with me I had I had a few clients that were a bit needy and I hadn't really worked out at that point my relationship with my clients and 
I allowed them to to be needy, and mm. and so I ended up sort of equating e-commerce with all the problems in my business. So I made a decision many years ago now that I wasn't going to do e-commerce basically ever again. And whilst that's not one hundred percent true. It is largely true. I've decided it's not going to be a part of my life going forwards. I'd just rather build normal websites with normal, in air quotes, functionality. So <laughs> everything that I say today is going to be really asking you questions and deciding what my opinions are based upon what you've got to say. Yeah, and you know what? I, we didn't talk about this earlier, but um, if I'm casting my mind back to when I started doing that, there really wasn't that much in WordPress like there is now. So it's hard to conceive of if, you, if you've come into WordPress recently. And there really wasn't something like the competitors that there are out there, uh, Squarespace and obviously Shopify being the big one, that kind of stuff. But there was, I, I don't even know if it's still around, but there was WP e-commerce, I think it was called, or right. WP commerce uh, as a plugin out there. And, um, you know, it was a, a lot of work had gone into that, but it was so terribly buggy. Um, I didn't start with that. I worked with it, and it was really causing me so many problems before, you know, we'd gone live um, that I switched over to a theme that that pretty much did what I wanted to do. But, you know, it's early days. I never expected, really. We were doing this as a side project because a friend of mine had set up a shop, and, um, you know, they were having some troubles with that. It wasn't on WordPress. And I thought, I can do the same surely with mm. WordPress. And it's the early days. And it's really hard to tie up when I started with the the options that you've got around now that, you know, how big WooCommerce has become and how much is available for it just wasn't there in the early days. And no one, I think really back then, really WordPress still was thought of as this blogging platform, which, you know, with aspirations, yeah, I think some of my earliest forays, not into using WordPress, but exploring whether WordPress could be a part of my life and business, were around the time when Woo themes were creating what became WooCommerce. And I remember reading blog posts. I think the guy was called, was it Addy Pinar? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, that's right. Um, yes. Blog post by him as he, he and his team tried to to create a viable e-commerce system within WordPress. And I remember reading some posts where he was, I guess, apologizing is the right way to say it, apologizing for the, the delay in the expectation of the project, sorry, the delivery date of the project, because the they had expected it to be easier to build a viable e-commerce mm. solution into WordPress, and it wasn't. It was difficult and it was fraught with um, problems along the way. And so I think whatever they were hoping to deliver for their customers was was taking a long time. But so I kind of came into WordPress at the time when existing solutions were fairly mature on other platforms, but WooCommerce was yeah. just starting to sort of take off. And there was certainly a lot of interest in it. I don't know at what point it got bought by Automatic, but I, I know that at some point, point between then and now it was and is now kind of under the umbrella of of automatic and you know all of all of that that entails yeah yeah and that whole company the the woo themes company kind of came with it didn't they so and it was about maybe three or four years after it was out in the wild but yeah it's a it's really funny looking back because my friend who inspired it uh, me to try and look into e-commerce he had to pay which seemed like a lot, maybe just over two years ago, maybe 12 years ago, um, about £2,000. And all he got was a very simple site. And somebody had added in this kind of PHP e-commerce script on it. It couldn't really do much. You could just basically buy and sell stuff. You couldn't put stuff in the cart. You had to add each thing in. Oh, you could in the cart, but you, you couldn't really look at your cart at the end until you got to the checkout. It didn't have a fully functional uh, set up. So even then, you know, back in that time, not many people thought they could afford to do their own uh, e-commerce shop. So that's, I guess, what inspired me to to do this. And yeah, now there was all the difficulty so, as well. Oh, sorry, you carry on. Apologies. No, no, it's just that comparing it now, you can go along and you can find most of the new themes will probably have some starter sites with e-commerce installed with some already mock products in there and you can be up and running very very quickly now 
Yeah, and then of course there's all the the ancillary stuff like the the payment, the the ways of paying. You know, yes. notable examples being I guess Stripe and uh, PayPal. Although PayPal's a different beast, Stripe just really revolutionised everything. I think, and also yes. you know the the ease now of getting things like SSL certificates, whereas once yes. that was difficult and you had to make sure it was integrated. And largely, your SSL certificate probably only was enforced on the actual payment page and the the website itself was probably not under SSL just those kind of things have become so trivially easy now that the barrier to entry is so significantly lower you know by just by using stripe you basically remove just about yeah. every piece of litigation that you can undergo in terms of payments and but back when I was building Magento sites, you know, there wasn't that. There was still significant problems which you could face um, if it wasn't implemented correctly and if the SSL certificate didn't work. And remember, we used things like SagePay and things like that, and we had to purchase all these third-party add-ons for, yeah, yeah. for Magento, and it was just difficult to bolt it all together. So, yes, yeah, significantly easier now than it ever has been. In fact, so much so that I would say I could put a novice in front of a computer and you know let's let's bypass the installing wordpress bit i think they could probably have an e-commerce website done with wordpress yeah. selling two or three products with a couple of variations in a morning yes and and you're right i think with let's encrypt with free ssl certificates made a big difference in stripe because i i I remember writing a blog post, I think, which is still on my blog, about this, trying to point out all the things that somebody needed to think about before they got into kind of e-commerce, this this complexity that was there beforehand. And that's just stripped that way now. Mm. Somebody can just get up and running. Um, but, yeah, my friend, you know, it was a big deal. You had to get some... Uh, there had to be a bank that had to be his merchant so he could take money online. And there yep. was such a palaver that went with all of that. Yeah, and I'd forgotten that component. Side. Yeah, you needed a yeah. merchant bank account, didn't you? A special type of bank account. Whereas now yeah. you can literally go into Stripe and type in your eight-digit account number and sort code, as we use in the UK, and that's it. Yeah. You're done. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so much easier. But it's um, not just WooCommerce, you... is it? There's, there's more. There's others. Well, yeah, because... You, you, you kind of avoid these things, but you're quite happy to use something like easy digital downloads, aren't you? Yeah. Do you know what? I think it is literally e-commerce shops that, that mm. worry me. And I, I, I know that's irrational, but it's just I, I figure that, well, I, I'm not really I haven't really thought about this a great deal, but I think this is how my brain is playing it, that the the multiple different options that you can have in an e-commerce shop, let's say, for example, you're selling, I don't know, T-shirts. Each one has got various different options, you know, sizes, colors, fabrics, and all of that. Um, each one could come um, in, you know, a different pricing regimes depending upon where it's being dispatched to and all of that mm. kind of stuff. What I'm trying to say is the complexity of e-commerce is it's so easy to, to just heap upon itself. You know, you suddenly got an e-commerce shop. WooCommerce can handle all mm. of these things. And so you do them. You Yeah, I'll, I'll put all the color variations on there. Yes, we'll have a table rates uh, thing for shipping so that we can price differently at different times of the year and to different destinations in on the globe, depending on the tax regime, mm -hmm. where it lands and finally ships to and all of this. And all of a sudden... That just strips away the the joy of it for me. That I just got fed up with doing that, all that boring stuff. And I actually just like building websites. And the e-commerce yeah. side of things just ground me down, didn't enjoy it. It created anxiety. I was running my yeah. own um, servers at the time. So that was another level of stress because, you know, some of the sites that I built with, with um, sorry, Magento, they could handle, and they were handling, especially around the Christmas time, many many tens of thousands of pounds in a week and sometimes in a day and i i could feel that anxiety what if it goes down that's my fault and of course it isn't my fault and i should have built the relationship up so that it wasn't my fault but i felt it whereas something yeah. like easy digital downloads it just feels like it's a super stripped down version you know usually it's uh, I don't know, it might be a, a PDF or a song or whatever it might be, but it's something digital. There's no shipping involved. There's not much in the way of variations. It's just easier. And so yeah. maybe if 
if somebody came to me and said, I've got a, I've got a requirement to build a WooCommerce shop, but I only have three products and there's no variations. Well, I, I'd, I'd probably have less anxiety and be happy to do that. Whereas the typical WooCommerce shop and the expectations of customers require there to be permutations for everything means that I'm, I'm just, I'm just pushing that work away. Whenever it comes my way, I suggest other alternatives, which we'll get to. So yes, I think it's because things like easy digital downloads just deal with an easier set of things. I know it's capable of doing yeah. tremendously complicated things, but I haven't used it for that. But I also think, you know, that you probably get the same headaches as well if you're looking at other systems that take payments like your learning management systems or your management uh, setups. Again, they can be really complex things which the the, the client will depend on. So they, they worry me just as much as, say, using WooCommerce does. Mm. I think another thing that worries me is the, the updating process. So a really good example of that would be an update to WooCommerce. Now, I'm sure we'll get onto your stories of <laughs> real dilemmas and problems with WooCommerce updates over the years. But with a regular website or even something where you've downloaded a few PDFs or songs or whatever it might be, that's that's fairly trivial to roll back a backup on. Yeah. Whereas something like an e-commerce shop that's had typically, I don't know, it might be 3,000 transactions since yesterday. I know that is probably quite extreme in most cases, but it's possible. That's much more difficult. And it felt like somebody like me, an individual, is not, I can't really wear that. I, you know, a team of WooCommerce experts, yeah, of yeah. course. But it just didn't feel like the the right fit for me. Yeah, but we'll like go through the same thing. So perhaps you know we're better serving less successful sites. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. What we what we need is a raft of really unsuccessful WooCommerce uh, sites so that we can we can sleep at night. It's got nothing to do with the customer. It's all about us and being able to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, what I got I think from maybe four years of running WooCommerce uh, on our own shop was a bit of an understanding about the fact that you couldn't do many changes and and see that they would stay in place on your updates. So I, I realized pretty quickly that if you wanted to extend upon what you had, you probably best off doing it through extensions and you would need to pay a certain amount for that. And uh, without going through that experience myself, I don't think I, I would have been in a very good place with clients and recommending it because I, I would have probably done my first um, tweaks to things you know I'd have looked around for snippets so something very simple things that I've done over the years uh, when somebody says they want say um, their title on their on their shop page you know they've got an image of their product and they've got the title the title is by default I think below the image and they wanted it above it yeah that would be an easy thing to do you'd find a snippet you would put it in place in your child theme and then next update find it would be broken because there would be some so many changes to it. And it's constantly that kind of simple thing that you would need to make, make changes on that. I quickly concluded that the only way to work with WooCommerce was to buy the extensions and let somebody else worry about those changes. Yeah, so obviously, again, from a position of ignorance, you hear a lot of people talking about things breaking when WooCommerce mm. updates. But if is it true to say that if you simply had a vanilla install of WooCommerce over the years, would the updates have broken a non-tampered with version of WooCommerce? Did, did, was there anything in the history of WooCommerce updating which literally destroyed normal websites that hadn't amended things? Or is it just the case that you had gone in, made some minor alter, alterations, which in most cases I suspect were to do with the, the visual way the site looked, yeah. you know, the button up there instead of down there and the image to the right instead of the left, that kind of thing. Um, and you'd gone about it in a way which you didn't know would be broken on a future update. Is it? Is it? Is it? Which one of those is it? Mm, I think it's very reliable. I mean, I've never experienced it breaking stuff that mm. is in there by default. It's only when I've used, you know, the commonly shared snippets out there that they no longer apply any longer. So, you know, you want to move things around with things that I really shouldn't mess around with because I don't understand well enough but you know using actions and filters to change things around that's what's broken I mean there is a good side to this these days I mean you can it's very rare with the even the 
uh, free themes that are out there now, most of them have got pretty good integration for the kind of things that I would want to move around. So something like wanting to move the title <laughs> would be just something that I'd find in many of the themes now. And it would be up to the themes to update and change things as WooCommerce has changed. So right. I guess technology sorting that, that out but yeah reliability i think was there for the core plugin itself the issues come when you try, try to uh, tamper with it or make your own customizations yeah so you're entirely happy with the way it, the the core updates and also sounds mm. like the ecosystem has really played along and developed new well let's say themes for want of a better word because i guess that's what we're dealing with that that you can adapt and modify the way you're cart pages look and whatever pages there might be in WooCommerce you can adapt those inside yeah. the theme settings perhaps in a visual like WYSIWYG like the customizer or something like that and all of that is done trivially and do you find yourself straying outside of those things anymore do you even use a theme that does that or do you just know they exist yeah I mean I use I use a theme that works well with WooCommerce anyway so most of the things that I need I mean I I think what maybe this is the problem we both have with it sometimes is that you never know quite where you're going to go when somebody has a shop if a shop starts to do well it's like one of my clients very happy and they were fine with the default core plugin it got them started and their business was doing so much better but as they've gone along they keep finding things that they that they need as they have a little bit more success and it starts to really stretch what you can do and i think that's the bit that gets me uh, with stuff. So uh, the client that I've been working with is really quite smart, but, you know, he's realized that he could speed up his process by recently we were adding in some additions to his checkout page so he could allow people to select the time when things were delivered, which was particularly handy to them. And then they wanted uh, a much better way to be able to ship stuff out. So they needed this on another platform. And these things keep going on and on and on with this, the the checkout page, which generally you can't do many changes with if you go to some third party solution out there without paying a lot more. You can do in WooCommerce, but it kind of leads you down to areas where you think, gosh, I didn't know I was taking on this kind of, you know, all these extra responsibilities. It worries me that you, you know, I can put things in place with uh, different add-ons but they can i mean that's where you can start to get issues i think with with woocommerce because you can get conflicts between independently created um extensions for woocommerce yeah i think this is why i just stay away from it all because i would i would definitely be in the realms of trying out different third-party solutions and then all of a sudden i'm into the the domain of trusting that they will update before you know that they're doing their due diligence so that if woocommerce has a a change which may break something in that third-party plugin the developer of that third-party plugin will have taken the time in advance to fix it update it such that it's okay And, and it's just more reliance upon people who are not me and as there's only me that that becomes a stretch you know if there's a team of people and you've built this stuff yourself and develop unique solutions i'm sure this would work but our audience, I think, is is very much made up of a lot of freelancers as well as some people working for agencies and perhaps they can understand where I'm coming from as well. I think this conversation is quite good for anyone who has been working with WordPress but hasn't yet got someone, uh, hasn't built a shop with WordPress to kind of know what the kind of thing that comes up. And, you know, in terms of um, a client the other week actually asked me to restrict the amount of characters that someone could put in on the checkout where there's the little box that says, um, you know, notes on the delivery. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to restrict that. And they actually gave me the script, which was a bit of a JavaScript way of doing this, which I knew would work. But I thought I'll go and look at the WooCommerce solution. I found a, a blog post which was created within the year by somebody who's always sharing snippets on WooCommerce. But again, that didn't work. And I think that's what I've always found right up to the present date, that anything that's shared for doing your own customizations, you can't rely on that. So, you you know, that is something you kind of have to take on, I think, Mm -hmm. with WooCommerce. And if you don't tell a client that's their expectation with it, um, then I think it, it becomes quite tricky. And certainly I've always made sure that when it comes to taking on WooCommerce, it's their shop. They've decided to go 
with with full information that it's you know wordpress i'm not taking on the kind of responsibilities of wordpress and the changes that might be made i'm just there to support them as somebody who uses you know wordpress and can look after their sites in terms of hosting and updating things yeah so I, that's how i've got out of it most of the time with this just saying you know it's their shop this is fully the mistake that i made which is the reason i dislike e-commerce though i just hadn't got to the, the the maturity in my own mind of realizing at that point that I could say, okay, I've built this. And although you're paying for hosting and you are paying, I, I probably in most cases it was actually just hosting. I just hadn't made the, mm. the, the mental leap to, to figure out that I could tell them that, you know, if there were breaking changes to third party plugins, that was just something they'd either have to pay for or get onto a website care plan. Website care plans weren't even a thing in my brain mm. at that point. And so I totally took on the responsibility when it went wrong as if I had caused the problem. And so, yeah, yeah there's the mistake that I made. And I hope that if you're building e-commerce solutions for people, you don't make the same mistake. Make sure that you've figured out at the beginning where the boundaries lie, what your responsibility is and what their expectations are. And if something breaks that is outside of the boundaries of what you've set up, you can feel comfortable going to the client and saying, well, you're either going to pay me or you're going to live with the, the, the breakage that has happened because it wasn't wasn't me. Um, you'll, need, you'll need to have it fixed, but you'll need to pay me to do it. And you'll need to just wait until such times as I'm free or have them on your care plan and, you know, then give you a retainer yeah. and have some of your time. Um, and, and guarantee that you can fix things within whatever your contract says. Yeah. Do you not think that um, perhaps Automatic as a company or, or already, if you like, forcing it being a personal relationship with them when it comes to these extensions because they dropped um, that kind of bulk extension, the discount that you could get if you bought multiple extensions for clients. And they've also... Um, got some kind of partnership with GoDaddy as well, where they provide them. Do, do you not feel that automatic in in some ways? It's not particularly encouraging of us um, taking on the responsibility of using this software for clients. Yeah, it's interesting because before we started this recording, we had a our usual chat and kind of occurred to me that there really are two sides to this. There's the WordPress side. And then there's the WooCommerce side, and for me, the WordPress side is is all about the the the, the code, the GPL, the the mm. the fact that it's built by a community, or at least you know largely built by a community, and and it's all freely available, and do what you like with it, and so on. And I kind of feel that there's a difference, and I know that WooCommerce is available under the GPL, and so on and so forth, mm. but it does feel that that arm of things is kind of a for profit. Bit, whereas the WooCommerce, sorry, the WordPress.org side of things really isn't. That's much more open and FOSS, if you like. But it feels yeah, to me yeah. that, that WooCommerce perhaps isn't. You know, it, it, its intention is to make you money. And in return for that, it expects money. But it is a difficult one. You know, when they take away things that you've become accustomed to, like bulk discounts and possibly, you know, change the, the way that you pay for things or the... Mm. Um, the way that your subscription works, you know, your 50% off doesn't exist anymore if you're renewing. Yeah, I mean, it causes it causes anxiety, doesn't it? And it causes people to question whether they should be using these things. But I guess I guess you could come at it from both sides. It, you know, the WordPress thing is a, a FOSS thing and the WooCommerce thing is, is about making money. And I guess they're working from the, the mantra charge what the market can bear. And I'm, I'm guessing that even yeah. amongst all these changes, it's still a very profitable bit of automatic WooCommerce, that is. Yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed. I guess when I, I thought it was good news when I heard that automatic had bought uh, Woo themes mm. and, and then inherited um, WooCommerce, because what I expected actually was because of the mantra for um, WordPress being about democratizing publishing. I thought what it would try and do is is find a position where encourage more people to just start up, even if they weren't going to be profitable in using 
e-commerce and actually it's gone the opposite in in fact you know it's much more expensive now the prices have gone up anyway for the extensions but also they dropped overnight the 50 percent discount used to get for the kind of loyalty of being with them and i thought wow this has gone the absolute opposite to what i would have expected they mm. would have done mm. with it because i would have thought they're the only platform that could perhaps go that route so when i started and it was just an experiment to see if we could set up a shop if there was any money I'd have to outlay in the first place, I probably just wouldn't have even done it. So even though it's quite cheap to go with something like Shopify, it's going to be $25 a month. It's probably going to take me the whole year before I'd get the shop up and running. So I wouldn't want that to bear that cost. But I might experiment with setting up my shop and see how it went if it was all kind of free. I guess you could still do that. I mean, the basic stuff is there for free so yeah i think that uh, kind of segues quite nicely into the the whole debate about whether you would advise people um to use woocommerce or a wordpress based solution no matter what um you know no matter what it is whether it's downloading digital products or having a full blown shop with delivery of of physical goods and so on because well the reason i say it may be a nice segue is because you know if if the pricing changes over time and it frustrates the user base and if the the code in this case is um, modified in such a way that your <clears throat> excuse me your snippets break mm. are they are they in effect pushing you into the open arms of these third party platforms the shopifys and the other different different solutions that you can find big commerce and so on you know you wonder with price increases in the woo space and so on are they are they making it an easier job for us just to go, actually, don't use WordPress, <laughs> just go to Shopify? Because to some extent, that that is my default position at the moment. If somebody comes and says, can mm. I have a um, an e-commerce shop? I mean, I'm happy to forward that work on to other people. But if, if they're not fussed either way or if they won't work with anybody uh, but me, I had somebody mm. not very, very long ago who definitely wanted somebody they could see in the physical world when when covid is all over you know they wanted a local person mm. uh, it's just easier for me to say just get yourself a shopify site pay the 20 dollars a month and just have have no hassles with it it'll just work you'll be fine and it does everything that you need yeah i and i think it's really hard for for us who are trying to get clients and we need to make some money out of what we're doing i don't think they've made it very easy for us to do that because it does change all the time and and you're probably going to need your clients to have that relationship directly with automatic through buying their own um their plugins so i it does lead you that way but you know i think there is still a type of person who it suits. I mean, we've always got the one thing and it still is the license is always there. I mean, the cost of extensions is quite high for many who might just want to start. But just to start, you maybe don't need those extensions. So that's, you know, it's perhaps a good way to get in. And if you've got the right type of person who understands and is quite interested, like I was in, in trying stuff out and working with WordPress, then that's fine. But I think the relationship with a client is very different to a, a regular site. Maybe you give them a page builder and show them how they can change um, their blog posts or uh, a few bits of text on something on their site that's different. If they get into uh, e-commerce, there's so much they need to learn themselves. Mm. Yeah. You know, much more, um, you know, because, you know, just itself training somebody to go through the process of being able to do a refund on something like WooCommerce. It's not that easy to understand. You can't just kind of understand how that works itself. If you're doing something else such as subscriptions, how they interact with your payment gateway and, you know, how you should go about refunding in those circumstances, how a new order is created for the next year. It gets really, really complex. So, I mean, e-commerce really is only for people, I think, who, um, and I don't think most people understand that, you know, are prepared to put a little bit of work into it and understand, you know, how the system works. Yeah, yeah, especially on the WordPress side, you know, there's great benefits to be had. It is always amazing to me, though, that just the range of different options. We touched on them at the very beginning, but, you know, just the fact that you can have all these different types of e-commerce transactions in WordPress. You've got, your, you know, your, mm -hmm. your store selling variants and shipping all over the place. You can download goods. You could go for a like a membership type of option where you could do bookings and appointments through it all. You could set up a course with an LMS and, yeah. you know, 
integrate third-party systems like Shopify and big commerce and all of that kind of stuff. Like we said at the top, for me, yeah. the most common use case I've got for any kind of e-commerce is is just using something like Gravity Forms, or in my case, I'm using Fluent Forms mm. more now, and just having a, a, a PayPal or a Stripe integration which comes with that and just having a, a field on there because that's most of what I'm doing. You know, sometimes I, I take money for a particular project. Often I'll just do that and say, go to this form and, and fill it out. That kind of thing works for me mostly. And it just works 100% effectively every time. And it's it's e-commerce, yeah. but it's it, there's just no headaches and no hassle setting it up. It's, if you can create a form, you can do this. Yeah. And, and in fact, you know, with, I mean, I only really know Gravity Forms, but it's very easy to set up a kind of multi-step process. So it really feels <laughs> like e-commerce, um, you know, so if you've got simple products, I, you know, I would have no fear about that kind of thing, you know, putting yeah. everything through Stripe and just a, a kind of simple form set up. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> now I, for, for a lot of the projects that I'm doing, my online bank now provides me with a customized homepage you know it's got the bank's name.com forward slash i can't remember what i've put but let's say for example it's nathan wrigley and you mm-hmm. go there and and i can append a number to that like 250 and it mm-hmm. will ask as soon as you arrive to pay 250 pounds and it'll go straight into my bank account there's no there's no stripe fees there's no nothing and i'm starting to use that more and more because it's trivially easy to do the money arrives yeah. straight away i get a notification on my phone to say that it's happened the paper trails all held by the bank which ultimately is the custodian that i want to have um, looking after this not some sort of database on a on a hosting company and um and I, I'm probably protected in ways that I'm not through through other third-party systems. Yeah, exactly. One thing we didn't talk about earlier, but is out there, and in fact, you interviewed, I think, uh, the guy from WP Simple Pay. They're not the only solution out there, but there are Stripe pay, um, payment plugins, aren't there, that yep. will work Yeah, and they well. just do so, one thing, and they do it simply. Yeah. It's just to put up a form on your WordPress website, I, I would imagine that by now the functionality of those plugins is far greater than literally putting a form up, but that that is ostensibly what it started out to do. And at the time, yeah. that was more difficult than it now is with um, form plugins. I think I think a lot of that is now covered just by form plugins, but maybe there's more to it. Maybe they can set up recurring payments and things that perhaps form plugins can't. Yes. Well, I think they can now. I think most, I think gravity forms can deal with that, but that is the interesting thing because now Stripe will allow you to do its own subscriptions through it. And I think, you know, the plugins that go with that and I think the form add-ons as well uh, allow for that as well, that setup. So, yeah, so we're getting more out of WordPress, uh, out of WordPress core itself and onto our payment providers. Yeah. Stripe are going to have such a monopoly over us all, well, aren't they? it's interesting because <laughs> um, in Easy Digital Downloads now have their own payment system as well. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe somebody listening to this can tell me, but um, I got a notification the other day that I was about to pay somebody through the the Sandhills Development Payment Network. And so wow. you can you can use that and it cuts all of that stuff out. I'm I was just gonna flick through my emails, but that could be a horrible um a horrible <laughs> burdensome process. I might even have deleted it. Uh, I think it might be called something like payouts service. Something like that. Um but it's it's made by uh, Sandhills Development and I don't know if it's leveraging something like um stripe in the background i've no idea but you can use this instead of using stripe so yeah i mean you've got to imagine a a company with so many accounts like easy digital downloads pulling something like this off seems like a bit of a a no-brainer they can do all of the um the due diligence and get their code all checked out and make it a payment gateway Mm -hmm. payouts service is what it's called i should explore that more before i talk about it but it, it seems that it's like a a way that you can pay through EDD and and their other products like Affiliate WP, perhaps wow. totally obfuscating the sorry not obfuscating removing the need to pay Stripe the two point whatever percent it is maybe maybe Sandhills Development are getting it I'm not sure. Mm. 
I do think there's a bit of a weakness in WordPress when it comes to e-commerce for certain industries. I think I've mentioned this before. If it comes to some kind of hotel or anything where you've got a multi-room booking system, there really isn't that. There isn't one product that you can say, yeah, that's the product you can go with. It's going to take care of that in, in WordPress. Yeah, um, that's true. And I'm sure there are, yeah, there are other areas. I'm sure there are other industries where there just isn't the solution there. Yeah. It is an e-commerce one we're looking for. Yeah, we have a lot of um, local little hotels in my neck of the woods, and it would it would seem that that kind of payment system is is really taken up by the third-party systems, you know, where you can get maps of your hotel and create occupancy different rates at different times of the year and it will work out if a you know if a particular room is available at a particular rate on a particular day and i i don't think i've seen anything like that in wordpress i bet you i'm wrong though i bet you there is something that does it but i don't know of it yeah well there are some that attempt to do that but i mean and they're probably very good i don't know but i think in fact i bought one of them and i can't remember who they moto press i think they're they're kind of leading when it comes to the hotels because they've got that ability to be able to search through your rooms and they've got that ability to be able to link up as well with other services oh, so most Good. people will advertise but you, do you know what i mean it's quite i i think it's quite cumbersome in wordpress and maybe wordpress isn't so great for it because you know it has to do a lot of database querying to kind of connect everything up within wordpress and i you know so I'm not sure if everybody's covered, really. Yeah, you're starting to raise my anxiety levels again now, now that you've mentioned all <laughs> of the different things that need to happen from a, a WordPress database to make a successful transaction on a room, at a rate, on a date. Suddenly I'm thinking, ooh, is this is this the right thing? Yeah. Is this the right place to yeah. put, your, put your hotel's business on a WordPress website? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Yeah, you just—I mean, if you're from our point of view, people who are serving clients, you really definitely would want to put that responsibility. If you were testing this out, you would—I mean, I suggested this to a client before, and it—it it never really took off because she wanted to get off her payment system. And I just said, "We can do it," but you know, I—I I just don't know how much I would trust any system to be reliable through yeah. this time. So they would have to go on the journey with me, you know. Yeah. But I—you I, know—I think when it comes to this is where I think WordPress does well. If you want to experiment with starting up a shop, it's so easy now to get a, a free theme which will work very well with WooCommerce. The core plugin itself seems pretty reliable. And with many of these kind of templated things that go with themes now where you can just, you know, one click and have a site there, you could get started, couldn't you? Mm. Yeah, and that, you know, that's that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? WordPress is, I think, often the place, the final destination. But it's, I would imagine, in many situations, it's the the the, the starting destination, and you know, it's where you begin <laughs> yeah. perhaps your e-commerce journey. And who knows, you may stay with it, or you might go somewhere else. Wow, so yeah. much to e-commerce. Probably a bunch of things <laughs> that we got wrong, and also a bunch of things that we missed out. Do you think Probably. we're done? I think we are. Yeah. Oh, so we're yeah. Next week we're on to F, aren't we? Which I did write down. It is for forms. Yes, I we thought you were going to say something forms. rude at this point, but uh, there's <laughs> a word which uh, springs to mind, and it's the word forms. F is for forms, yeah. right? We'll tackle that in a fortnight, as always. Put some comments yeah. down in the uh, you know the section underneath the the show notes on the website, or go to the Facebook group. But uh, nice chatting to you again, David. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye. As always, it was an absolute pleasure chatting to David Wormsley. We do these discussions every other week, and then we intersperse those with interviews where I interview somebody in the WordPress space. And so next week, you will get an interview. But it was very nice talking about e-commerce with Dave this week. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you'd like to subscribe, do so by going to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe or just go and search for WP Builds in Google or in your podcast player of choice. Don't forget we've got a Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, where you can hang out with some very polite WordPressers. And we will be producing some more content for you next week. Like I said, a podcast next week. On Monday, we have the live news. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash live, 2 p.m 
p.m. UK time, I'll be joined by Paul Lacey and some other notable WordPress guests or guests for our This Week in WordPress show. We then put that out as a video and audio podcast, so we try to cover all the bases, but all of that's happening in the weeks to come. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay. Like I said, we'll be back next week. I hope you have a good week. I hope you stay safe. I hope you do some fun WordPress things during the course of this week. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.